Welcome to the Solve Crimes with Rick and Gavin podcast. We present cold case crimes that we feel can and should be solved with your help. We provide the facts of the case and the research that we have done. Then web sleuths like you help us solve the mystery and provide the victim, family, community, and law enforcement with justice and peace of mind. This is Solve Crimes. Okay, welcome to Solve Crimes with Rick and Gavin. I am Rick. I am Gavin. We also have last Power names. We're depression. not like Beyonce or Madonna, <laughs> no. Cher. We're I mean, there. we are like Beyonce, Madonna, and Cher, just not in that way. <laughs> and we're not telling you in which way we are. Not even going to leave spell that those beans. mystery that you get to solve all on your own. That's right. <laughs> That's right. Well, it's good to and be back with you, Rick, though. Well, you know, I got to, we're both wearing our slick we, new we Solve Crimes are. polos. We've got our people merch. people on the podcast that, can't see it. That we're wearing. If you go to SolveCrimes.tv, you too could be there the next go. new owner of Solve Crimes right. with Rick and Gavin merch. Uh, so That's check us right. out, SolveCrimes.tv. That's right. We have a, don't we have an item on there that you can use it as a mask or as a bikini? Yes. Both of those the things. Combo. Yeah, I'm pretty sure. You just need yeah. to tie a knot in the middle. But it's stretchy, well, it's, so it's, it'll work. It's really up to you. It depends on <laughs> yeah. which which beat you're going to. <laughs> <laughs> or in the privacy of your own home. Yes. You, you know, we don't judge. You do well, you. Well, we do. Well, we <laughs> don't judge and broadcast it, though. We, oh, we okay. judge in yeah. private. Not yet. <laughs> we'll get there. <laughs> so we, we uh, do we have a topic today, Gavin? Actually, yeah. The, the stuff I want to talk to you about today was kind of a rabbit hole that I've been going down the last few weeks. We're going to be um, we're going to be publishing a video on this on our YouTube channel probably this week about this topic. Right. Um, yep. It has to do with the case of Amanda Winkowski. If you're new to Just our channel, you thought there wasn't any more. Oh, I know. I know. <laughs> if you're new to the channel, though, go back and listen to previous podcasts. Just search Amanda Winkowski or go to our YouTube channel. We've got, I think, five videos now, five chapters. But all? then we did a couple live streams, too. In all seriousness, it, it seems like it was more. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, this next one will be chapter six. And I'm calling I've titled the chapter The Stun Gun. Mm. What's it about? <laughs> I know I'm not I'm not terribly creative when it comes to titles. <laughs> I like to just go right to the point. Yeah, I guess so. But uh, that's what that's what I kind of wanted to to share with you guys today, and then. Um, so let's let's start with uh, here. I'll just interview you. How's that? Do it. Lay it on let's. Uh, so, someone close to the case that we can't really mention uh, uh, by name, but someone close to the case you know, has been involved in the case way longer than us. I mean, mm -hmm. you know, they've been involved in it from the very beginning, you know, back in what, 2010 or something uh, shortly after this all happened. So they uh, they have always felt that 
they had looked over the photos of the autopsy and they'd always felt that there was this one photo that bothered them, right? Yes. And they had a feeling that it was stun gun marks now that you've already announced that. So you took that. Well, I ignored it for a while. Did you? Okay. Yeah. Um, this person told me, told me that belief, that suspicion, pretty much the first week that we met. And um, I just kind of was overloaded. And yeah. then I came up with a strategy that I was, I, I looked at everything kind of like a domino and I needed to knock down the first domino before the rest of them could fall. And I still haven't knocked down that domino. That mm -hmm. domino to me is change the cause and manner of death. That has to change before anything else really can happen in this case. Right. And that still hasn't happened, but as I went back and that person mentioned it to me again after we had done so much investigation in this, you and I, Rick, that I kind of felt like, hey, this might help help us knock down this domino. So I went back and I looked at the I looked at the autopsy photos. So let me describe what it is that you see. And in our YouTube video, we've gotten permission by Amanda's mom or from Amanda's mom to actually share photos, autopsy photos for the first time. Mm -hmm. uh, we're going to be, they're going to be cropped, man. I'm not going to show yeah. any yeah. of the gory stuff, but basically on, on the right side of Amanda Winkowski's face, right on her jawline, kind of like mm -hmm. if you're going from the chin up to the ear, it's only about an inch up from the chin. Mm -hmm. There are these two marks that look like stab wounds, but they look like it would be like a round. It wasn't like a knife. It would be something that is symmetrical, you know? Oh, very. And um, it's not a natural thing. No. Very clear. No. And they're, they're kind of, they're spaced apart in a way and they're in a line. Now, of course, two points, there's always a line between two points, but it's like right on the line of the jaw. It's like, boom right mm -hmm. there mm -hmm. and um yeah i just i i thought is it possible that these really are i guess marks from a stun gun well when you first showed that to me that it looked obvious to me i mean for obviously for my little background in this <laughs> it, it, just as a layman looking at it it didn't look like you know she fell on a lamp or <laughs> it didn't look like a, a doorknob. You know, it was it was very clear. Uh, and, and considering we're looking at autopsy photos, naturally, your brain goes to that, you know. Yeah. Um, now, there's a weirdness about the autopsy photos, by the way. And this could be a show all on its own. But Amanda Winkowski was found frozen. And there is a process. And you and I have have confirmed this with a coroner down South too, Rick. Like there's a process when somebody comes in frozen, it's a standard procedure that that body is brought to cool room temperature over the course of like two weeks. Think about like defrosting a Turkey in your refrigerator around Thanksgiving, right? It takes days right. to do that. Yes. They did not do that with Amanda Winkowski. They and and explain the the what how that affects the 
the autopsy and what they're finding at the moment. So I will, because okay. it's super important. It is. What they did is they left Amanda Winkowski in the examination room. Hmm. And I haven't been to the examination room at Erie County. Right. But I, I've been told that... Something tells me they aren't going to let us in there. <laughs> I doubt it. But I've been told that those rooms are cool. Mm-hmm. They're around 60 degrees, something like that, okay. Fahrenheit. So uh, they just left her out overnight. And then the following morning, they started the autopsy. And it was like less than 24 hours between the time she was found. And what is standard operating procedure? The standard procedure is put her in the cool room, which is just above freezing. It's like between 32 and 36 degrees and keep her in there until her body, her core body temperature makes it up to that cool room level. Right. And the reason that's important is because if you just leave them out, then the body starts to decay on the surface and they're still frozen in the middle. So anyway, that's what they did. But here's the other thing. And getting back to your question on the day of her autopsy, her skin was bright red, bright red. So it was very difficult to see any type of lesion or any type of anything on her body that was red and on her face in particular, there was a lot of blood on her face. So the blood was kind of covering it and the skin was kind of the same color as it, it being those two wounds, I guess. Right. Right. So, but then they later went back and took photos on. So the autopsy was performed on the 10th of January And they came back and took more photos on the 12th and on the 14th. But the autopsy had already been performed. Yes. Yeah. The autopsy report, which came out the following 5th of February, noted that she had um, contusions on her face, but it just, it called them blue for, first of all, I have no idea why they, they were described as blue. Blue one eighth inch round, like contusions on. See, it makes me wonder if they were going by maybe memory and hadn't referred to the photos when they did that, or they jotted that down prior to the photos. I mean, that's possible. My suspicion is she was a junkie, and junkies are found like this all the time. I think that whole autopsy was cut and paste. Mm -hmm. I've said that from the very beginning that they just. They just, she was just a throwaway to them. And I don't mean that they sat down and made a decision. Oh, Amanda Winkowski's a throwaway. They just, they see a lot of this yeah. and made a decision that it was, this is what it is. Swept under the rug onto the next one. Yeah. But see on the 10th, when those photos were taken, you could barely tell that there was anything wrong with the side of her face. But when you go back and look at the ones taken on the 12th and on the 14th, where the flesh of her skin is now the color of her flesh. Right. And all of the blood has been cleaned off and everything like that. There are two like stab wounds on her jaw. Yep. And then there's and more. There's than also that. what was the the there are like three dots that come up. Yeah. And then a bruise. Okay. Yeah. So if you draw a line between the two dots on her jawline, then you draw a line perpendicular to that. So it's kind of like mm-hmm. a cross. Mm-hmm. That vertical line is moved more, it's not perfectly centered. It's off closer to to the wound that is closer to her, her ear. But there are three marks that travel up. And they're uh, tiny. And they're tiny. In fact, they almost look like acne. 
but they're in a right. perfect line. Mm-hmm. And I was actually talking about this with Nick Crowley, the the YouTuber that that you and I both know, that very successful right. YouTuber. He goes, I wonder if those are arc burn marks. I went, mm-hmm. son of a gun, Nick Crowley, that is probably the <laughs> smartest thing I've ever heard you say. And you say a lot of smart things. Um, that's what mm-hmm. they, I think they are because mm-hmm. upon closer examination of that wound closer to your ear, I think there yeah. are two stab marks there. They're just very close together. So it's possible. What I'm envisioning here, Rick, is... A stun gun, you know, those things will will do 100,000, 200,000 volts. Um, I imagine Antoine Garner or somebody else reaching around her and jabbing that into her jaw. And then she kind of squirms and one electrode is still in her and the other one kind of comes off and it just goes, pop, 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 you know, zaps her. Let's explain to people because we've learned a few things as we have many, many times in this case, um, the difference between a stun gun, you know what I mean? And a, and a taser a, and a taser. Yeah. Cause I, we weren't aware of that until this. Yeah. So nomenclature is actually pretty important here. A, a taser is a brand of electronic mm-hmm. or electrical weapon. Um, yep. but the word taser is, is pretty much used as a description of a, of like a gun that police use that fire, electrodes that are attached by these little microfilaments. So it shoots two electrodes at you. It hits you, they attach, they're barbed like a fish hook, and then they, it electrocutes you, right? And that, just for, I don't know, uh, for, for at more education, TASER is actually an acronym. What is it for? Tom A. Swift electric rifle. So he's the inventor. Tom Swift is the one that invented it, yeah. So it's not a, but it's, pretty perfect both ways right yeah so it's like the way that we use kleenex in the states right tissue paper mm-hmm. we call kleenex or in um in great britain they call all vacuums hoovers yeah. you know or all speakers to noise that's the way taser has kind of become it's a brand name but that yeah. that's usually what we mean by taser now i'm you may not know this rick i learned this from my friend uh heather who's the police chief heather here in pennsylvania mm-hmm once you fire the taser, um, if you miss, you can still use the electrodes on the tip of that gun. You throw it at somebody. No, no, you can <laughs> you can jab it into them and pull the trigger, and you can still electrocute them. It oh, okay. ha- it has electrodes on the front. Got it. So a stun gun, and what makes this confusing is that it uses the word gun, which makes you think it's sh- it's shooting electrodes, right? right? But right. a stun gun is defined as a handheld device that has electrodes mount- permanently affixed to it, mm-hmm. mounted to right. it, that you manually jab into somebody and pull a trigger. I think, like when I was a kid, we called those cattle prods, right? right? That's what were used That's on handheld cattle, cattle prods. It's yeah. Handheld, yeah. And because no one can see how you're. We're on a podcast, I know. <laughs> but my, you know, the point is that we know this case very well. You know, we know that Antoine Garner, number one, used, he, he kept a, a stun gun on him, which doesn't surprise me at all based on what we know of him and his, his uh, uh, career path, I guess. Um, but also we know that he was 6'5", 350. You know Big he didn't man. just walk up and touch her on the face. He put... He jabbed everything it into, into it. Oh yeah. That's why, yeah. that's why the bruising, we both kind of think that. Yeah. Now that's the other thing that there, 
so now if we look at that, if we go back to our imaginary lines, right, the kind of cross, mm -hmm. if you go below the, the jawline, the line between those two wounds, mm -hmm. there is a bruise that is round mm -hmm. and has like three rectangular bruises protruding out of the bottom of it. It doesn't look organic. Right. So that could either be something from maybe the the bezel of the stun gun. I, I don't know if that's a good well, word. Well, we've noticed it. that a lot of the brands have a flashlight down there. Yeah, possible. So it could be the, the lens of, of the flashlight, yeah. right? Or the other thing I thought was if he had like a ring on his thumb, <laughs> you know, something, and he jabbed it yeah. in there, but there's yeah. a bruise. Right. So, so we believe that Amanda Winkowski was stunned in the head prior to being assaulted or during her assault. Um, yep. Now, why is that important? This is, this is actually very important. Mm -hmm. um, from a legal standpoint. From a legal standpoint. Do you want to explain that? Sure. I mean, we, you know, to kind of quickly reiterate what we're looking for here, we, we all feel that we know, even the police know who killed Amanda. We're, we're very clear on that. Um, so the problem that we have is that the police were reportedly about to arrest Antoine Garner for her murder back in 2009 after uh, actually some really, really good police work, uh, mm -hmm. you know, leading up to that. Um, the rug was pulled out from under the police department uh, in, um, in Buffalo because the ME report came out and said that it was not a crime. Right. So they had to put the brakes on. You can't arrest somebody for not a crime. So... Uh, so what we've been tasked with um, uh, when we started getting involved in this was we needed to, number one, change the ME's report. And number two, um, because of the laws in, in New York State, um, the because we all assume that, that Antoine, how the whole thing came about and how she ended up in the garbage can, we figured that Antoine would, would probably, if he had a decent defense attorney, would probably say, well, you know, she died and we didn't know what to do with her, so we just dumped her. And that would be his excuse right because there, there would be no proof of of actual physical murder right so um and that is a misdemeanor which has expired well it, it could right? either just be at the time it would have been okay yeah so yeah. yes you're right uh, there's also another option that could be a felony but it still has a statute of limitations right so right so both of them have expired Correct. So, so the at misdemeanor this point, being we need to prove murder. Yeah, the misdemeanor being, uh, yeah, we were doing drugs and she overdosed and died and I didn't know what and to I do, panicked. so I so I dumped the body. Right. That. So by and and I'm sorry to go off. This no, is no, a no, tangent okay. to a tangent, but yeah, um, New York State fixed that problem with, with Amanda Lynn's law named after Amanda Winkowski. Right. So it it no longer is a misdemeanor if you dump a body or try to hide an accidental death right. that now is a felony um but the the other felony being you know what we were uh she came over she's a prostitute we were having rough sex i killed her accidentally that's manslaughter manslaughter would be a felony mm -hmm. but it still has a five-year statute of limitations yes okay so and we're well beyond that right so why yes. is why is the why is the taser important in light of that conversation? Well, again, we need to we need to prove murder at this point because there is no statute of limitations on murder. 
So there are several things that we were looking for, one of them being that we found out that uh, in New York State, um, if someone dies during a during a, another felony, right? Yeah. Which could be payment for sex or purchasing of drugs in that in that moment, right? Yeah, the payment for sex thing is hard. Like that's hard to get to murder, but if if it was a drug transaction, if she came in and was buying drugs, mm-hmm. they're now both committing a felony. Yep. He's selling them, she's buying them. And she dies during that process, it's murder. Correct. And we know from Patterson that he he claims that he was taking her there to buy drugs. Um, and we have Antoine Garner himself in an interview that was broadcast in Buffalo, uh, I think it was 2010, 2010? It was. It was. Somewhere around there. November. Yeah. And at least four times, I lost count, at least four times he says to the interviewer that she was there just to buy drugs, he says, because he's thinking he has to make sure that nobody thinks he killed her. But little does he know he's admitting to a felony, mm-hmm. which may lead to murder. Um, so that is so the stun gun adds to that. Right. Yeah. OK. So nobody accidentally stuns somebody in the head with That's a stun right. gun. Yeah. That is showing intent to cause harm. So if and we, to incapacitate someone, that's the whole purpose of a stun gun. Correct. So if we can prove that Amanda Winkowski was stunned in the head prior to her being strangled, mm-hmm. then that is definitely murder for sure. Yes. Yep. So oh. thankfully, you know, if everything goes the way we want this to go, it it we may have an even more, you know, solid case than than just the the drug purchase. Correct. Now. The the big if on all this, Rick, of course, as you know, is can we prove that that is a stun gun wound? Mm-hmm. So we talked to Dr. Kenneth Clark. Uh, it makes him sound so distinguished because he is. The guy is, has is. amazing he's... credentials. Yeah. So uh, if you if you watch our show a lot, he's Kenny. Kenny, our doctor friend, yeah. right? But And here's a sentence I never thought I would say. He's our in-house pathologist. Correct. <laughs> Kenny is a quadruple board certified pathologist. So it's like neuropathology, anat- anatomic pathology, forensic pathology, and clinical pathology. I think I got I think those are the four. And he's got more too, doesn't he? Well, before Isn't he an electrical engineer. Before he went to medical Jeez. school, he got his bachelor's of science in electrical engineering. So he's an EE. Yeah, he's an electrical engineer. Overachiever. He is a he's a big achiever. So we talked to him about it and this will be in the video on the on the channel. Um there is a way to prove whether it's a stun gun or not. And actually, before I get into that, I found another guy who wants to remain nameless, who is um, he's like an expert witness. That's his that's his gig. Yeah. Um, he has a Ph.D. in something, I guess, you know, impressive. And he specifically. <laughs> Focuses um, on unlike unlike your description. I know, I know it's an <laughs> impressive description, but um, but I don't want to give away who he is because he specifically asked not to be involved. Right. Um, he has a PhD in something very impressive, and um, he's he specializes in electrode weapons, so taser, 
and stun gun, cattle prods, uh, electrocution, like the electric chair, those kinds of things, what he, he specializes in. And I sent him the photos and his response was kind of a, okay, in court, I couldn't say from these photos, this definitely is a right. stun gun wound. Or he actually even said that it's like, I couldn't say that it's likely that it's a stun gun wound because there just isn't enough data had they suspected that it was a stun gun wound at the autopsy and they taken better photos, I, I probably could. And then in that email to me, he responded, but here are some pictures of other stun gun wounds. Which let you compare. And it was just like, uh, yeah, this is a stun gun wound. Well, because to go back before you got that email, we uh, Kenny had the same thing. He said, I can't tell just from this, you know, and what was the conclusion of both of them as far as like what we have to do in order to prove it? Yeah. So Kenny described to us exactly what we have to do. So in order to prove that Amanda Winkowski was stunned, that th she was electrocuted, we would have to exhume her body. We would then hope that she was embalmed well enough mm -hmm. that her body is still in good enough condition. Right. Assuming that, that part of her face hasn't decayed away, a pathologist would take a biopsy of that, of that skin. Mm -hmm. And then they have a machine that, and when Kenny first described it to me, I thought that they were shaving it from the top down from like the epidermis down through the dermis. But what they do is they, is they turn it and they take like two micron thick sections so that on one side of it, it's the epidermis, and on the other side, it's the dermis, right? So it's taking a cross-section of that skin. Right. And then they have to look at that under mag magnification, and there are telltale signs of whether or not something has happened electrically. Um, yes. Yeah, and he, now, and he describes that in the you, video. But what we, there's, two, it, the purpose behind this is twofold. One is to prove whether or not there was a stun gun and electrical activity in there, right? Right. And then the second thing is in order for us to force the ME to relook at the uh, at the autopsy and and the the findings that they came up with, um, we have to find something new. Yeah, that's so important. I'm glad you brought that up, Rick. Uh, there has to be new evidence. So th this is another New York State statute, and it's ridiculous. And I'm sure that this statute exists in all 50 states, something like this does. Yeah. But basically you have a certain amount of time to present evidence from the time that you know about it. Right. So let's go back to uh, the six monoacetylmorphine. Now there's a good argument to be made that on February 11th, 2021, we got an expert to tell us there's no six monoacetylmorphine in her urine. That means she didn't overdose. That's right. new information, right? Mm -hmm. But there's an argument to be made that Leslie got that toxicology report back in 2017 and she should, she had the duty to know everything about toxicology and to know that the absence of six monoacetylmorphine was, um, was important. Mm -hmm. So likely now we're going to argue this one for sure, but there is a, there's a chance that we not, may not be able to 
use that to reopen the case, even though right. it's a freaking silver bullet, man. That, that yeah. absence of six monocetylmorphine. Apparently in New York, Leslie had the duty to know all of that as she's grieving for her daughter and uh, looking at toxicology reports for the very first time. Right. But if we exhume Amanda and we do that biopsy, we do that test and we find that she was indeed electrocuted on her face, that definitely is new information that nobody it has looked at. thinks that someone, a a human being, a citizen of the state of New York has to exhume their daughter from her grave twice in order to get the Erie County Medical Examiner's Office to do the right thing. Yeah. It sucks. Yeah. All because politically they can't admit that they may, even if they said may, I'd, it'd be better than what they're doing. They're yeah. fighting it because they don't want to... You know, I'm sure they don't want to open the floodgates to people who have, you know, had uh, findings from that office that they didn't like, you know, <laughs> uh, from, you know, uh, people who were uh, who were prosecuted successfully based on those findings. I mean, I, I get that it opens a floodgate, but th they got to do the right thing at the end of the day. You know what their behavior reminds me of? You know, those undercover like news like protecting consumer stories where they'll put a hidden right. camera under, you know, in a car and they'll take the, a, they'll take a woman to a mechanic, have her drop off the car. That's mm -hmm. making the sound. There's really nothing wrong with the car. Yeah. Yeah, and yeah. then the mechanic comes back and says, well, you know, your blinker fluid is low and the rotary <laughs> arm attached to the widget girder, you know, and they, and right. all that crap. That's yeah. this behavior reminds me of that. That Dr. Virtus is like, no, it's a, it's an accident, and I don't care what uh, what you think. Sometimes stories are sad, and, and people overdose, yeah. and I'm sorry. You, you don't know because I am the physician here, and I am the yeah. one that did the autopsy. And they kind of hide behind that that expertise, right? Yeah. yeah. And they're so, so obviously wrong. Right. Well, again, they made assumptions when they did the autopsy, and they made assumptions after the autopsy when when they were questioned they made assumptions that amanda's mom leslie wouldn't have the i don't know the the staying power the fortitude or the money to fight them and prove them wrong and uh and they were incorrect if, if she hadn't been the bulldog that she is on this we wouldn't be involved and all of this stuff all this movement you know wouldn't be happening and and it's unfortunate but you know, you, we're, you know we're one of the things that on getting this done. we've never mentioned, and Leslie's okay with us mentioning this. I just hasn't been yeah. part of the story. This battle since January 9th, two thousand nine. It actually started December seventh, two thousand eight, when she, when yeah. Amanda was missing. She yeah. was already dead a couple of days, but that's when she found out she was missing. So, December seventh, two thousand eight, until now, um, Leslie lost a home. Mm -hmm. And, and, uh, you know, and at one point had to declare bankruptcy. Yeah. So it's not that she had the money to, to fight. She lost right. everything. She, she, she lost everything yeah. except her family. Well, I mean her kids, she lost yeah. her husband, right? Yeah. She, it, she, she has sacrificed so much over this. And this has put an incredible 
amount of pressure and strain, even with her relationship with her with her remaining kids and grandkids. That's right. Yeah. And and for what? I mean, oh, and members of the community have chipped in to pay for things, mm-hmm. uh, you know, radio hosts and, uh, you know, some, I guess, some private benefactors. There have been a lot of people that have stepped up and have helped. And FYI, for what? continue to help if you are listening to this and you you would like to help Leslie um, on our, our website um, at uh, solvecrimes.tv. Uh, if you go to the Amanda case page we we in our shop we we have a, a t-shirt that would help raise some funds for uh you know if we end up doing this third or the second exhumation right yeah in fact we have pricing on all that it is not going to be cheap and so we have designed a t-shirt it's blue it's the same yeah, color he, he was saying that the exhumation wasn't cheap not the shirt right <laughs> right right no <laughs> the, sh- the shirt's affordable the shirt is definitely affordable the t-shirt <laughs> is the same color as the garbage can that Amanda was found in. And um, we're trying to sell those shirts to raise money to yeah. pay for for this test because we really believe we we have multiple witnesses that said that that Antoine Garner had a stun gun, mm-hmm. uh, people who saw it. And and we believe based on feedback from several people that this is she was stunned. We feel yeah. We feel justified. And Leslie, because not only is she a bulldog, but she's got the fortitude of, I can't even describe, a granite cliff, right? She's willing to do it. She's willing to exhume her daughter. She didn't even blink. She didn't even blink. Yeah. So if that's what it takes, let's do it. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. Yeah, So please... You know, if you if you are interested in this case and you've been following it um, or you just heard about it and and, you know, would like to help Leslie um, and you don't have thousands to give her buying a T-shirt, it adds up. It does help yeah, because it, it is going to take a lot to get through, you know, to the to the end. And hopefully it'll be, a, you know, two bullets for this case, you know, one for the, uh, you know, forcing the Emmy's office to, you know, reexamine uh, their findings and uh, and then the second bullet would be the you know uh, helping us prove murder yeah so that uh that's where we stand on the amanda winkowski case rick that's is that all that's it <laughs> yeah so be sure to follow you know uh our companion well they're both companions to each other the uh our youtube channel uh we'll have uh this week we'll have a new episode basically going in way more detail and, and giving more visuals naturally uh, to all the stuff that we just discussed. You know, when I talked with Kenny and interviewed him on this uh, particular yeah. subject, he brought out his old teaching files because let's not forget that Kenny was a college professor, a, for, a forensics professor. Because he didn't feel accomplished enough. He didn't. He, he <laughs> needed to add to his resume, apparently. Um, <laughs> he opened up his teaching files and he showed me exactly what he would expect to find with an electrocution. And, and he described it all out. And I think most of that isn't going to make the episode, but we'll do a bonus episode with the entire thing so that everybody can, can see that whole conversation. Right. right. So. Well, that will be good stuff. You know, I do want to, uh, this isn't about Amanda, but uh, I do want to kind of uh, discuss a little bit because we, we've been so busy with the Amanda case and with some other things that we're working on that we'll be announcing shortly. Um, I think we kind of didn't, I don't know if you agree with this. I don't think that we 
really gave the focus to uh, the Judy Hockery case uh, having a witness come forward. I, I think we kind of I think you're right. I think we need to delve in. I mean, we, we have a lot of people who are interested in that case. We hear it all the time. They wonder about your, your niece, right? Oh, yes. Yes. Hi, Ashton. <laughs> <She> <laughs> you see how I gave you another shout out there? Ashton? That's good. He's trying to buy your love, Ashton. But I know that when I made you that tricolor rotini when you were two years old, that I had your heart. She still talks about that, Rick. Does she really? Oh, yes. Wow. Yeah. All right. Well, I'm going to send her a tricolored T-shirt. <laughs> <laughs> so we but, you know, she's not alone. We get a lot of uh, comments. We have uh friends and strangers who have been following this case. It was our very first case. So they've been following it. Um, and they're as amazed as we are that they're just, it just, things keep coming up with this thing after 51 years. Now, I mean, I want to, I want to <laughs> be the defender of Rick and Gavin here for a second. We knew okay. when Rex reached out to us and after we talked to him a couple times, we knew we had something big here. Yeah. And there are a couple of ways that this could go. Number one is Rick, Rex, did see what he saw. Mm -hmm. Number two, he's a crazy person and he made it all up. And I guess number three, he could be the perpetrator of it. You know, he could be the perpetrator. Right? At 12 years old, I find that unlikely, but it's let's just really briefly, in case you don't know about the story, this Rex came, uh, came to us from our website. Uh, he had found our website searching for Judy's name uh, because he, you know, according to him, was a witness to her abduction. And up until that point, there was zero information that anyone witnessed anything yes. in the press, in the, including law enforcement. The case file has zero. So this was a bombshell. Okay, let me go back to Rick and Gavin apologist mode for a second, okay? <laughs> um, we knew we had something extremely important here. Yeah. And so the first thing we did is after we recorded Rex... He knew we were doing this. Yes. We handed it over to the Sacramento Sheriff's Department. And he knew we were doing that, too. Yes. We want... We made that very clear. Correct. We we want to give that information to the authorities who matter, who could actually, you know, follow up and close the case and everything. Right. Um, you, it's not unexpected that a 50-year-old case probably isn't in the hierarchy of what's most important in her in in the detective's life, it's probably mm -hmm. not at the top of that, of that list. Um, right. so it's been, has it been a month, maybe more? Yeah, it's been longer now. It's been a couple months. So let's, um, so we want you to know that we have, we haven't moved on. We've just been kind of, let's wait and see what the detective says. Yeah. I mean, we, we have made it clear from the beginning, not only with, our, you know, viewing audience uh, and listening audience, but also with uh, the law enforcement authorities who are involved in this directly in this case, that the ones that uh, handle it, um, that we, by all means, do not want to be a hindrance. We want to be a help because we know that they're, you know, law enforcement very rarely are there departments that only handle cold cases. You know what I mean? They're they're overloaded with current cases and cold cases that are only five years old, where there's actually a chance to close them, whereas these 51-year-old cases are much more difficult because of the way uh, crime scenes were handled, DNA was handled, if there was any, that kind of thing. I wonder what the close rate is in like a regular metropolitan area. It goes right to the data. 
<laughs> I know I do, but it's it's probably not as as good as most of us think. I think there's a no, lot. No, but I do think that it's you know the obviously the advancement in DNA research and and all that kind of stuff has has. Uh, yeah, their clothes right I, now I is probably done. better than it was fifty years ago for sure. Oh yeah, yeah for sure. The, so, the but, whole but, DNA you know, thing is, a, is like, like you said, it's fifty one years old. Yeah. There's not a lot. It I, I mean, we took the approach of like you said, we wanted to kind of. Uh, uh, do a preliminary interview, two interviews with him to number one, try and trip him up and try to validate some of the things that he said, because we didn't want to call up the Sacramento Sheriff's Department and say, hey, we've got this kooky, crazy guy who says he was, you know, um, we wanted to at least do a little bit of vetting on our own. And we also felt, and I had a discussion with the uh, uh, deputy detective in charge. Um, and I said, you know, the other thing that we felt was that he might be a little more open to us rather than being interviewed by police. Right. And they, yeah. they, you know, she agreed with that. So we so we cut. So we did an audio interview. Then we did a video interview and we tried to try to trip him up. You know, we were you know, I, I was going at one angle. You know, he was talking about I grabbed her hand and I said, what color were her shoes? Like trying to really, <laughs> you know, trip him up. And you had you had Google Maps open and you're asking him about which direction and what street and which name of the street and what was there. And I mean, we were really hammering him. Dude, he. Um, he but passed he with flying colors. He took man. it. Yeah. Yeah. And, 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 you know, some people have questioned his, uh, memory. Like why, why would a 12 year old kid, you know, now he's 63. Why would he have, I mean, that was a pretty big event in anyone's life. That would be a big event. So it's pretty fused. Oh, and plus memory. at age 12, crying out loud, I can, I can remember my wardrobe at age 12. Like I know yeah. what I bought for my school clothes when I was 12. And it's right, not like right. I'm a spring chicken, you know, that, that was 33 <laughs> years ago. And yeah, there, there are things yeah, that so. stick with us. So, so the, so like to go to your point, I mean, we're, we haven't dropped this thing. We're, we're trying to, uh, move along at the, you know, after 51 years, you can't just go out and, you know, hold a press conference. <laughs> you know, we got, we got to take this thing. It's a little on the slower side for, for many reasons. And, and, uh, and a lot of it's out of our hands as far as how quickly the police look at it but they we turned the video over to them uh right away within a week of us filming it and so uh, they've had it for unedited a they had everything yeah. unedited yes yes so we put that up um we did do a live stream on on our youtube channel discussing it we played small little clips of it um but we will be doing another episode eventually uh hopefully on the soon side uh that that gives a little more information and more you know more footage that people can see you know Rex and and his his thoughts on on everything. So uh, so we're we're still digging into it, but it, but it's it's such a bombshell. I mean, I don't even know if we wrapped our brain around it when it happened <laughs> when he came forward. No, <laughs> no. Well, it came so out of the blue. Mm -hmm. They all come out of the blue. We should we should expect the unexpected. Yes, because we're that's... getting that we're getting to that point. That's right. Yeah. Yep. So yeah, I think uh, that's a good recap on uh, on the Hawkery case. We're you know, expect more. Uh, and, uh, and as far as Amanda Winkowski, we've got you up to date and I think we prepped people pretty well for the, the next YouTube video that we'll be putting mm -hmm. up, uh, this week. Uh, today's Monday that we're recording this, we'll have this podcast up. And so if anybody's listening, you know, by, by weekend, uh, we should have the episode up and you'll be able to, you can Check find our YouTube channel by just going to our website, solvecrimes.tv. There's a link right up in right. the corner. You can click on the YouTube yep. thing. And, you'll and get funny right enough, we've actually uh, really quickly, if you type in solve crimes on YouTube, we come up pretty quick 
now. Yeah, we in do. In some cases, the very first, which is pretty pretty awesome. You so. know, uh, maybe we could open the kimono just a little bit on this. Uh, it's kind <laughs> on of a podcast. Ho- yeah. It, <laughs> hey, <laughs> you see, we, I wish we had sound effects, right? Or you, Everybody. <laughs> Gavin's naked right now. <laughs> hey, in a kimono. Okay. So it's cool. But you opened it. Dude, shut it. <laughs> You're a dork. My eyes. My eyes. <laughs> no, but um, building a YouTube channel is actually pretty tough. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's why many people just decide not to do it. It's pretty tough. Well, they start it and they give up because it's tough to got to keep up the pace. Yeah, you really do. And uh, while our channel is still a modest little channel of 1,100 and something subscribers, we feel extremely grateful for yeah. the following that we're getting already. We, we feel like right. we're way ahead of the pace mm-hmm. that we set for ourselves. Well, we yeah, we thought it would be, what, a year before we hit 1,000? Yeah, and we got it about six months, something like that. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, so thanks, everybody, for watching. If you haven't subscribed, that is another way that you can support us is just subscribe to the channel, watch the videos. It, it helps. That's the beauty of the, of the effort that we're doing is that it – the more people that view, the more eyeballs, I like to say, uh, see the videos that we do. Um, obviously, it helps us, but it also helps these cases. And we've proven that over and over again. Rex is one of them. Yeah. You know, Linda is so, another, right? With Carol yeah, Beth Hilbert. So eyeballs help everyone. So subscribing and, and clicking that little bell so that you get alerted when we put out a new episode, um, sharing these these stories uh especially if you live in the in the area where these happen like in buffalo for amanda and sacramento for judy hockery and uh carol beth hilburn that it, you know sharing them in on facebook and in forums with friends it really really helps help solve these cases indeed it does that's probably a good place to stop huh rick yep i think so will you please close the kimono <laughs> yeah it is closed. Right, everybody. Bye, everybody. We'll, we'll, How would you we'll even you know time. it's open? I just look like a, like a bear. I, I have like a brown cashmere body jumpsuit. <laughs> That's not a jumpsuit. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right. We should end here before it gets any worse. <laughs> it can't get worse than that. See you later, everyone. All right. Take care, everybody. Thanks for listening to the Solve Crimes with Rick and Gavin podcast. Please subscribe to keep up to date with the cases that we feature. Also, please subscribe to our YouTube channel, Solve Crimes with Rick and Gavin, and you can find us on virtually all social media. You can find out more information about our channel and the things that we're up to by visiting our website, solvecrimes.tv.